Hello and welcome to Property Money Trees, Maximising Property Values, the once a month show where I break down the steps of how to recognise, enhance and then extract the values in property in order to create wealth. Would you like to find out how you can benefit from the steps of maximising property values? This is even if you don't own a property yet or have a deposit. If that's a yes, then you're in the right place to find out. My name is Patricia Ogunfaber, and although many know me for my work as a solicitor, on this show, you will be getting the benefit of my 30 plus years worth of experience of maximising property values, experience which has given me a net worth in millions. So who might benefit from listening to this show? Literally anyone with an interest in creating property wealth. Welcome back. This month, I want to talk about the importance of getting professional advice and also of making sure that your figures are robust. So one of the uh, recent purchases that I made uh, this year in 2022 was a short lease flat. Um, 60 odd years, can't actually remember exactly how many, Um, but that's not really important at the moment. Um, And um, the freeholder, or there are three superior landlords. So there's the freeholder, then there's um, a superior landlord, and then there's yet another landlord called um, the property management uh, company. So three landlords, and then there's the leasehold uh, interest, uh, well, the, the person who's actually going to be living there. So there we've got three landlords. So one, one, uh, like the main landlord and two intermediate lessors or landlords. Right. So that made it complicated in working out how much the lease extension premium was actually going to be or what it was likely to be. So now I could have just gone online and used various calculators and come to a figure. But no, what I actually did was I employed a surveyor, an MRICS, so a master's chartered surveyor, to work out the figures for me before exchange, mainly because of the two intermediate landlords that were in the in the picture anyway so uh, the surveyor came back to me and said this is what you are you know likely to have to pay so for the bottom landlord uh, 1495 pounds for the um, middle landlord 6637 pounds and for the top landlord the freeholder 20,800 pounds now those figures he said he used those for negotiation but worst case scenario you might be looking at 1,495 6,637 so those didn't change and then for the main freeholder 21,722 pounds so adding all three of those up it came to 28,932 pounds and I thought yep 
that's completely okay, not a problem. When the notice was drafted, because um, I did this, because um, I do have the knowledge and experience and being a solicitor, albeit a non-practicing solicitor, I felt competent to draft and serve the notice. And the notice went in um, with the following figures. So for the bottom landlord, £780. For the middle landlord, £2,300. And for the freeholder, £15,780. So those were going to be my um, starting at negotiating figures. So altogether that came to £18,860. Right. Now, when the um, freeholder served their counter notice, their section 45 notice, they came back with these figures. So for the bottom landlord, £12,967. For the middle landlord, £20,681 and for the freeholder £56,231 altogether making £89,879. Now there's no way that I'm paying them that. So but there's such a big difference between what my surveyor said and what they've come back with. Now, I have no intention of suing my surveyor, but when he advised me and I relied on that advice, if his advice was incorrect, then he legally would have the obligation to make good his bad advice. But, you know, we're not going to get there. But this is going to motivate him to negotiate on my behalf to bring uh, the freehold, the landlord's figures a lot, lot closer to his figures. And that is why, honestly, everyone should always get professional advice. When you're doing anything, get professional advice from a professional who has got professional indemnity insurance. Now, this surveyor, if he has to make good, which it's not going to come to that, he won't have to dip his hand into his own pocket to pay. He has insurance and his insurance would then step in. Anyway, no more of that. So how do they actually work out these figures? And I thought I'd do a little bit of a of a short leases masterclass here so that, you know, people don't just think, oh, yes, there's lots of money in short leases. I'm going to go and do it. It's, you know, it, it sounds really exciting. It is really exciting and you will make money you there's no way that you won't make money uh, you know from short leases it's just the way that they um that that they're actually set up the only proviso to this is that you don't overpay when you're buying if you overpay when you're buying yes you can and probably will lose money and i've already done a podcast on someone who has lost money on the short lease strategy. But if you do your due diligence and you work out your numbers, there's no way that you can lose money um, buying a short lease. There will always be an amount baked in. And this amount really is the other half 
of the marriage value, which I will be talking about later on, because half of it goes to the uh, landlord or landlords and the other half is yours to keep. The premium consists of three amounts. One, your ground rent. So say you've got to pay ground rent um, of £100 for, let's say, another 60 years. There's a figure which is used in the calculation and it's called the yield. So if, say, for instance, the yield is 6%, um, what you do is you take that £100. So it's £100 today. And then next year, it's £100 less 6%. And then for year three, it's £100 less again, 6%. So that's the way it's done all the way to the end of the lease. And that gives you the value of the rent that the freeholder is going to be losing. So let's call that figure A. That's the rent. Then you've got the value of the reversion, which is... In, let's say the lease only has, let's say, 50 years to run. That means that in 50 years time, the freeholder will own that flat. So you look at the value today as if it was the freehold value of the flat, which is more or less very, very similar to um, an extended lease value. And then you say, right, the reversion rate, which has been, you know, done in the tribunals and, you know, agreed to be a certain percentage, it's usually five or 5.5%. And then you say, that's the reversion rate. So you, you, you say, okay, this flat is going to be worth, let's say, half a million pounds in, you know, as it is, um, with the long freehold. You then discount that cumulatively um so for every single year and you do it you know you work out one year and then you do it again with the result for that one year so you discount it by the five or the 5.5 percent until you get to today and that figure is your reversion rate so let's call that figure b so you add the a and the b together and that essentially is what is normally due to the freeholder. However, there's also a third element and that third element is called the marriage value. Now, what the flat is worth today in its short lease version, let's say is £200,000 and what it will be worth in the freehold version, which in my example, I was saying £500,000, there's a difference between the two. So if it's worth £300,000 today as a short lease, and it's worth £500,000 with a long lease, that difference there is £200,000. Now, you then take away your A plus B figure, but let's say that's £10,000, so you're left with £190,000. That £190,000 is called the marriage value, and what happens is 
if the lease is shorter than 80 years, you split the marriage value 50-50 between the freeholder and the leaseholder. So £190,000 divided by two is £95,000. So you add the £95,000 to your A plus B figure and those three figures make up the premium that you have to pay to your landlord. That's how it's normally worked out. So why then have we got two so very different figures? Now, the the surveyors are then going to negotiate this. They will talk to one another. They'll argue, you, you know, why their figure is right and not the other parties. And I have all the confidence in the surveyor that I instructed. He is very, very knowledgeable that he will, you know, get them to agree with him. But actually, he probably won't be able to because they will then lose face with their clients. And of course, I have the option of pulling out of this, paying costs, probably about £3,000, and then just sit back and wait for the government uh, leasehold reforms to come in. Because if these particular landlords want to stick with their £89,000, my choices are go to tribunal, duke it out there, or sit back and wait. I don't know, time will tell. I'll probably do an update on this. (laughs) Not a problem because there's no pressure to actually do anything with it in that it was going to be one that was going to be held. So no problems whatsoever on that front. But how did they arrive at their figures? So I've worked all of this back using um, a calculator that I, I normally would use myself. And um, that calculator, um, it, it, it just tells me that they're absolutely wrong. Well, they may be right. They, may, they, they, they might be wrong. But if they are right, so they have, they've given the flat a value of 365,500, roughly about that, which isn't incorrect. But what they have, what they have also done is they've assigned it a relativity value of about 56.5%. Now that's wrong because the relativity value for the flat is actually about 80%, you know, for for this particular flat anyway. Um, So there's no way that they're correct. So we have the purchase price. So the purchase price was 2,207,500. But what they haven't done is they haven't adjusted that up to take into account the good negotiation skills that went into getting that price because the value of the flat was a lot more. The value of the flat was about, I think about, and I've actually done something on this, but I can't find the figures. I think the value of the flat was about 260 um, as bought, um, even though it was it was obtained, you know, at 207,500. So they would need to adjust that. They, 
there's no two ways about that and once they adjust that then we're going to be coming to roughly about the £28,000 that um, my surveyor um, actually said so um, it's so 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 important to get good advice because you see when I saw their figures I wasn't even phased I just thought oh well you know that's another one that's going to go to tribunal end of um so it's not you know an issue and also when I was instructing my surveyor to give me advice on how much um the premium was likely to be we also negotiated that he would he would um go into negotiations with the uh, uh, the landlords uh, you know in the event that we couldn't agree on the premium and he would do it on a no win no fee basis so if we couldn't agree the premium he wouldn't get paid and if he was able to negotiate such that we agreed the premium then um i would then pay him uh, 400 pounds um so that is a really really good deal anyway um so back to this um thing so this is why it's it's always so good to have a plan a a plan b a plan c you know the whole shebang so at the so when this flat was bought it was bought um on a standard variable uh, mortgage no problems whatsoever done minimal um um, improvements to it just to update it it was it was in a fine state but very 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 dated so left the bathroom as it is because uh, didn't want to spend five thousand pounds on that and um, the kitchen is being like remodeled slightly um at the end of that that would probably cost about a thousand pounds um the flat has been completely painted uh, that was eleven hundred pounds and my electrician's going to come in uh, the fuse board is outdated he will need to change that so he is going to charge me um 300 pounds including materials to do that and to also change all the light fittings to bring them you know bang up to 2022 standards and i've already got um a somebody who says they want to rent it for 1400 pounds a month so it's looking very 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 good but let's even assume that the freeholders the freeholder and the other landlords the intermediate landlords are correct and that the premium is going to be 90000 pounds what will my options be one I could put the property into an auction and sell it. Two, I could put it back on the market and sell it and still make a profit. <laughs> um, three, I could literally just pay the money and increase the value of the flat. But do I have £90,000 just sitting around? No. And if I did have £90,000 just sitting around, would I want to put it into this flat? No because I'd rather use the £90,000 to buy somewhere else. So what might my options be regarding this particular flat? Uh, this is on the assumption that I don't want to wait for the government reforms. Um, but again, that may well be something that I might be forced to do. What I could do is I could go and apply for a new mortgage 
on the basis that when the mortgage completes, I will have another 90 years on the lease. So that is the way that the mortgage would be applied for, that it's a short lease at the moment, but on completion, it will have another 90 years. So if um, I'm able to get a 75% loan to value mortgage, again, this will be subject to the rents and you know valuation and all of that, but let's assume their valuation or what I think their valuation is, is correct, that will allow me to borrow £274,125 on the flat. The current mortgage on it is £158,737.50. That will therefore after that mortgage has been paid off, leave me with £115,387.50. So if I then pay what all these landlords want, which is their 89879 I will still be left with £25,508.50. Fifty p. Now, okay, there'll be fees to pay and all whatnot. Probably about you know, I don't know. Um, if we do go to tribunal, uh, I'll get a barrister to argue the case. Um, they will probably charge I don't know, maybe about fifteen hundred pounds. The surveyor's fee that you know his four hundred pounds to negotiate that doesn't extend to tribunal. If we're going to go to tribunal, it will be. Um, a different amount could be about another 1500 so that's 3000 pounds but all in all i'll be able to claw back 20000 pounds of uh, the deposit paid into the flat so when the flat was bought the deposit was uh, 50 odd thousand pounds um so it, there will still be a fair chunk in the flat but the flat itself is absolutely worth it so you know these are why if i bought at too high a price this would not be possible it would not be possible at all and i think they're wrong and this literally just goes to show you what might just be in this deal because if you know the flat is worth um um because even if they're right on the 365-500, they've got to bring my purchase price up because it's not all about this is how much you paid. You have to look at what it is actually worth. And because the flat was worth more than what I paid for it, they have to use what it's worth and not what I paid. If they're going to use what it's worth with the long lease, stroke the freehold, you know, the freehold value of the flat, they have to use um, both of them as, you know, in, in terms of valuations. And um, it just makes it really interesting. But you can, you can begin to appreciate how complicated these things can be. So, you know, it's, it's no good, you know, hearing people talk about short leases and jumping in and overpaying you know, in the beginning, because if you overpay, you won't get the benefit of that overpayment because they will look at the value. How much was it worth when you bought it? 
if you've overpaid, you've overpaid, you know, tough luck. You've made a mistake and you will still be clobbered with, or you could be clobbered with a really big premium. Now, this is very unusual because of the number of landlords involved, but it doesn't matter how many landlords are involved. Your premium amount is always going to be the same. What makes it complicated is how you apportion that premium between the number of landlords that you have. So, you know, one just has to be extremely careful. Um, make sure that you get proper advice. I had legal advice, you know, regarding the structure of the, you know, the holding, the leasehold. And I had um, professional surveyor advice as well regarding the amount of the premium. And all of this I actually obtained because I knew it was complicated because of the number of landlords involved. I made sure that I got this advice before I actually exchanged and completed um, because I would have walked away if, you know, it had been, you know, ridiculous. And even with the 90,000, even let's say, like I said, if the 90,000 is going to stay, which it won't, um, it still works. I can still pull out £25,000 of the amount of money that I put in there. So leaving maybe about, you know, £25,000 in there, you know, obviously depending on, you know, mortgage valuations and, and stuff. But you see, the mortgage valuation shouldn't really differ from the valuations that the surveyors are using because they're the ones who go out and value for mortgage purposes. So it's going to be fun and games and I will keep you guys posted. Um, but, you know, I really do appreciate all you regular listeners. And may I just ask, I don't do this often, but may I just ask you know, that you go to your listening app and rate and review you know, these podcasts, you know, everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people do say to me, I oh, really love your podcasts, really enjoy your podcasts, so much value, but they're not doing the reviews. So the range of the podcast is, is somewhat limited. I still have, you know, all of you guys, I do appreciate you. And I do love the fact that you keep coming back and listening and I can see the numbers on my hosting platform. Um, but you're not reviewing them. You're not reviewing the podcasts. So please do do that. You know, I, just, I don't ask often, but I'm asking now. Anyway, have a nice time and I will be back next month.